One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good evening. Hi, you guys. It's Misty. This is Lattes and Legends. Uh, I missed last week. Uh, kind of don't want to talk about last week. So that's all I have to say about last week. Uh, happy 2020. I'm hoping this week coming up is much better than last week. Uh, again, that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm trying to stay positive. This is episode 37, and I'm going to talk about mysterious disappearances. Yeah. Um, first, I wanted to say some hellos. I have a whole list of people and podcasts you should listen to, starting with, wait, what? Podcast. Uh, Rage Against the Mainstream. Assorted Goods. Insidious Nebula. Boozy Betty's. Uh, Talking Shiz, Quiet Hours Podcast, I Think We're Doing It Podcast, The Culture Quest Podcast, The Movie Seller, The Bad Movies Podcast, Final Plank Media, The Darkness Has Answers Podcast, Friends You Don't Want to Watch Movies With, Traction Growth and Income Podcast, Blood and Firewater Podcast. Be Nice or Die podcast, Undercover Coven, True Crime Project, The Gold Block Career podcast, Backwards History podcast, Mad or Bad, True Crime podcast, Lady Justice podcast, Bed Knobs and Broom Flicks, Best Friends Horror Story podcast, What You're Reading podcast. True Crime Real-Time Pod, Daddy Bones, Pass the Hot Sauce, which is a Roswell podcast, and what else, what else, what else? I've got one more, the Fun with Friends podcast. So hey guys, um, if you guys are listening, there is your shout out. If you don't listen to these podcasts, you should be, because they're now all queued up on my phone, um, so I'm trying to get into all of them. There's so many. I I need to catch up. Uh, anyway, um, I still have some stickers and coffee mugs on the website. 
It is lattesandlegendspodcast.com. You can email me your stories at lattesandlegends at gmail.com. You can become a patron, support my podcast so I can get better equipment, more merch, awesome things. Go on tour and come see you. Uh, it's patreon.com slash lattesandlegends. And thanks for the reviews that I got on Apple. That's pretty awesome. So the more reviews I get, the more people see me, the more I can get sponsorships, the more amazing this podcast can become. So if you listen and you have not put up a review on Apple, by all means, please do so. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm going to start by talking about, what am I talking about? Um, I am not drinking a latte, but I did have one earlier, way earlier. Uh, I have a beer, currently a lager. So, yeah, there's that. All right, here we go. The Alaska Triangle is what I'm going to talk about first. My sources for this were Thrillist.com, LegendsofAmerica.com, MysteriousUniverse.org. So, the Alaska Triangle, sometimes called Alaska's Bermuda Triangle, is a place in the untouched wilderness of Alaska where mystery lingers and people go missing at a very high rate. The Alaska Triangle connects the state's largest city of Anchorage in the south to Juneau in the southeast panhandle to Barrow, a small town on the state's north coast. Here is some of North America's most unforgiving wilderness. The area began attracting public attention in October 1972 when a small private plane carrying U.S. House Majority Leader Hale Boggs, Alaskan Congressman Nick Begich, an aide, Russell Brown, and their pilot, Don Johns, seemingly vanished into the air while flying to Anchorage, from Anchorage to Juneau. For more than a month, 50 civilian planes and 40 military aircraft Plus dozens of boats covered a search area of 32,000 square miles, but there was no trace of the plane or the men or any wreckage or debris were ever found. Mm. Yikes. Afterward, more planes went down, hikers went missing, and Alaskan residents and tourists seemed to vanish into thin air. In fact, since 1988, more than 16,000 people have disappeared in the Alaska Triangle with a missing person rate at more than twice the national average. Ooh, yikes. That's scary. In any given year, 500 to 2,000 people go missing in Alaska, never to be seen again. Authorities conduct hundreds of rescue missions, most often return without finding the person or any evidence at all. These disappearances are blamed on everything from weather to aliens to energy vortexes vortices maybe is the word I'm looking for um, they even blame an evil shape-shifting demon uh, but most likely the explanation of these missing people is this in the wilderness itself within this area there's dense forests craggy mountain peaks glaciers hidden caves deep crevices um, and all of this is easily hidden by snowfall and it hides any trace of human activity. The harsh landscape is also filled with wild animals and is subject to unforgiving weather, such as avalanches. 
it's kind of scary. More than half of the na nation's federally designated wildlife will, sorry, wilderness lies in Alaska, and many of these disappearances are linked to natural elements. Alaska is bound by 33,000 miles of coast. There's more than 3 million lakes, untamed wildlife, and winters that blanket vast regions of the state in snow and ice. However, there are many that support the idea of energy vortexes within the triangle. Energy vortexes are thought to be swirling centers of energy concentrated in specific places where the energy crackles most intense. The energy radiates in a spiraling cone shape clockwise or counterclockwise direction, creative positing, creative, creating positive and negative effects. Cool. Um, so there's that. Um, so let me take a quick break and I will fill you in more on the Alaska Triangle. Okay, so after I read my notes, that was the short and sweet version of the Alaska Triangle. <laughs> I definitely thought I had more um, there, but clearly I did not. So what do you guys think? Do you think that the Alaska Triangle could be evil spirits that are taking people or do you think it's these vortexes what do you think I don't know it sounds hmm, it sounds crazy and stuff like this has always um, been attractive to me I don't know because I've always loved unsolved mysteries I've always loved learning about the Bermuda Triangle and the fact that there's an Alaska Triangle is even cooler because that's much closer to me than the Bermuda Triangle. Keep in mind, that's not what I want to do. I don't want to go missing, but I would love to learn more about it. Maybe one day I'll take a trip to Alaska and find out. Um, so that's the Alaska Triangle. And now I'm going to talk about the Smoky Mountain disappearances. Mm -mm -mm. And I just noticed that I spelled disappearances wrong in my notes. And autocorrect or spell check didn't tell me. Hmm. Good thing no one's reading this except me. Anyway, Smoky Mountain disappearances. The sources for this are the NewYorkPost.com, KnoxNews.com, as in Knoxville. And uh, I had two sources from knoxnews.com. So, there are three unsolved disappearances that have haunted the Great Smoky Mountain National Park for over four decades. Ba, ba, ba. The first took place on June 4th, 1969, when a six-year-old Dennis Martin was scheming with his brother and two other boys in the park's fence field while they were on their annual family camping trip. They were planning to sneak up on their family and startle them. But when the boys ran and jumped on the adults, Dennis was nowhere to be found. Hmm. On October 8th, 1976, while on a horticulture trip with 40 of her classmates, 16-year-old Trenny Lynn Gibson was hiking along at a Andrews Bald. No one can recall seeing her after 3 p.m. Searches continued for months, but no trace of Gibson was ever found. 58-year-old Thelma Pauline Melton was hiking near Deep Creek Campground 
a trail she'd been on many times before, on September 25th, 1981. She was with friends when she walked ahead of them and vanished over a hill, but they couldn't find her on the other side, nor could they find her at the campground where she was staying. All three disappearances ignited massive search efforts. Dennis Morton's cost $65,000, but not one single trace of them ever turned up. So what do you think it was? There are some theories on where these people went uh, and why they disappeared. One of these theories is that it's the feral hermits that live in the Smoky Mountain. Uh, I'm going to read from one person's take on his experience. I thought it was a feral human, Mike Woolley recalls, of the incident arguably the strangest to occur during his time as an outdoorsman. I have heard about them and done some reading about them. Recalling the events of that December day in 1981, Wooly soberly talks of something frightening that occurred in the Louisiana backwoods that changed his life. It was a beautiful day, a perfect day for hunting. He arrived at this deer stand located down an old logging road in an area that he had hunted at frequently and parked his car halfway down the road. He walked to the tree stand, climbed into it, and silently enjoyed the cool air of the day, waiting for the signs that there was game in the area. After some time, the sound of an animal crashing through the brush caught his attention. Then he heard sounds that might have been a small doe, which started directly towards the stand and nestled beneath it. Willie initiated thought that the tired, sorry, Willie initially thought the tired deer had been chased by a larger potential mate, and he waited eagerly for the buck to show up so he could shoot it. What appeared instead defied every concept of what should exist in Louisiana or anywhere else. There was a tremendous humanoid covered in short, short hair um, and it was headed in the direction of the deer, which was where his tree stand was. The figure approached and before it stopped, it was alerted to Willie's presence. It looked up at him and its face looked angry. As far as a Bigfoot, I thought that was something that only existed out in California. I never thought they would come out here. I thought that was something someone made up to make money off of. That's what he previously had thought. Then he said, the face was too human. The eyelashes, the teeth, the jaw structure, the forehead. The face was light brown, like it had a dark suntan. But I couldn't pull the trigger because something told me this ain't right. It's not the right thing to do. The thing growled at him in a way that reminded him of a lion, to which a loud whistle echoed from someplace up the ridge, as though in response. The, quote, wild man became alert to this and appeared to respond with a similar whistle, then looked back at Wooly, who by now had chosen to take action. He leapt from the tree stand, took off of the wagon road, attempting to close the short distance between his truck and the location where the strange and feral intruder had now began to pursue him. He made it to his truck and turned to fire a warning shot. He watched as the wood on a nearby tree splintered only feet away from the approaching man-beast. He then entered his truck and left. 
Watching behind him as a second humanoid emerged from the brush, which joined his initial pursuer to watch him as he sped away from this terrifying experience. Hmm. Yikes. Uh, so that's one theory on this uh, disappearance in Smoky Mountains, that it was a feral human. So this story led to a book called Missing 411. It's a book series, sorry. Um, and the man who wrote these books was retired law enforcement officer David Paulides. Paulides? Don't know. He started uh, researching strange disappearances in national forests, national parks, and then one of them happened to be, yep, you guessed it, the disappearance of a young Dennis Martin. Um, so, here we go. One of the most striking details of the case pertaining to Martin's disappearance had involved a strange observation made shortly after Dennis Martin went missing. A short distance away near the area of Rowan's Creek, Mr. Harold Key and his family had been walking a trail in the area looking for wildlife, in particular any signs of black bears, when they heard an enormous sickening scream. Within moments, Key's son pointed out a bear nearby, located up the ridge from them. Mr. Key, upon observing the bear his son had spotted, determined that this was not a bear. It was a dark-figured, rough-looking man attempting to remain concealed behind a bush. The man, which Key did not manage to view in clear detail, uh, had been carrying something over his shoulder. Harold Key was unaware of the disappearance earlier that afternoon, um, so he, you know, wasn't thinking it could have been a child or anything. Upon learning days later of a search for Dennis Martin, Harold Key noticed the FBI, notified the FBI about what he and his family had seen that same afternoon. Um, so he was never found, although the footprint of a small boy's Oxford-style shoe was located a few days after he vanished within 3.5 miles of Spence Field, where the family had camped the night before. Several years afterward, an illegal ginseng hunter would com come forward claiming he had found the skull and remains of the small boy. However, after a search of the area, there were no results to this fact. Um, uh, 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 still, along with the footprint, the case of the rough-looking man had been, uh, had been retired, sorry, uh, on that, uh, hold on, sorry, uh, yeah, so, no one really knows if that was a feral human, this rough-looking man, um, but no one has ever really come out to say they have seen that one. Um, the idea of a feral, a feral wild living, wild men living off and foraging, um, it's definitely been brought up by campers and hikers. Uh, 2013, some campers said that they saw um, what seemed to be a feral human. I called him a mountain man outlaw. Um, and these campers said their campsite was robbed of the food. 
so that could be it. Uh, I know I've heard stories of feral type people in the Kentucky area, um, but that's something kind of a different story altogether. Um, but park rangers have noted that there have been larger footprints, like human-sized footprints around different campsites that were not those of the campers. And like I said, food and supplies have started disappearing in these areas. So who knows if it's a Bigfoot creature? Who knows if it's just these man beasts that decided to live in national parks? What do you think? It's really creepy. Um, it doesn't make me want to go to a national park, um, but I love national parks. So I'm gonna keep going. So there's that. Um, what do you think? Uh, this actually makes me think about going down a black hole and researching more about national park disappearances. So perhaps this will be my series on national park disappearances. Mm. I know this is short and sweet, uh, but you got one. It's Sunday. You got a new episode. Shout out to all my new friends. And you should go listen to them because they're amazing. And if you support podcasts, you should support all podcasts. Even if you don't like it, just give it a listen. Try it out. Give them a review. Give me a review. All you gotta do. Um, so yeah, I'll talk to you guys either Friday or Sunday. And don't go hiking all by yourself. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.